We'll get an old man in front. Yeah. All right, here we go. The T-bone. <laughs> and chick proof. Let's God bless. All these years, just get it right one time. What do you want from me? 40 years they've been trying. You couldn't fire somebody if they were horrible, doing a terrible job for the veterans. And now you can say you're fired. <laughs> Okay. No one listens to radio. And now for a quick disclaimer. The T-Bone. And Chick Brew. Show is brought to you by nobody. We have no sponsors. The show is still rated G. For glorious. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't recognized, uh, the the voice of Chick Brew sounds a little bit different today. <laughs> Joining me in the studio, uh, my first in-studio guest uh, who is going to be playing the part of Chick Brew for this episode is a Will C, international touring comedian. It used to be just national, but now you're going different countries and doing different stuff. So Will is performing at the Comedy Zone here in Harrisburg, and he has probably never listened to the show, even though we've talked about him a lot, and he's probably never heard this. I just need to stretch. Get your laugh on and save a life. The Harrisburg Comedy Zone, in partnership with the Central Pennsylvania Blood Bank, offer two free passes for every single pint of blood donated. Quick clarification, it must be your blood. One pint, two free passes. That's almost the junkie rate for a plasma donation. Did you know a single pint of blood can save as many as three lives? Did you know the Harrisburg Comedy Zone features amazing talent from all over the country every single weekend? Did you also know that blood expires and the Central Pennsylvania Blood Bank is in regular need of donations. For more information on how you could save a life and have a laugh, visit cpbb.org and harrisburgcomedyzone.com. That's one word, harrisburgcomedyzone.com. Now, why, why, T-Bone, would you throw a commercial in at the very beginning of the show? Because he will be performing at the Harrisburg Comedy Zone this evening, uh, along with the Typhoon Panda. They will be uh, making the crowds laugh. That's tonight and tomorrow night. So if you rush out to the blood bank right now, you can get some free tickets. If not, you know, the tickets aren't that expensive. And unlike any other Comedy Zone I've ever been to, the drinks are super cheap. They don't uh, raise the prices on the, the drinks. So you didn't know that, did you? I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, last time we were there i had two drinks i think my bill was seven bucks that is amazing well i'm an over tipper so it was like uh, 27 bucks but the girls remember me so right. when i come back next time gotcha <laughs> we could have just done this at the blood bank and they, uh, that would have been fun right uh can you give blood yeah absolutely I haven't in a long time, and the, the first restriction for giving blood for me was when the Red Cross said, "If you eat, if you've eaten meat in Europe, oh, well, you couldn't give blood anymore." Why well, couldn't it? So yeah, I guess I'm done. And I guess uh, maybe they've changed along the ways and allow people to do it now. Well, now I'm starting to wonder, like with Lejeune and with Pendleton, if my blood glows in the dark. With <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when did Camp Lejeune become the new mesothelioma? I know, right? It's every lawyer in the country is trying to get a piece of that, and I, I was living in Lejeune in the early 80s so i definitely qualify you for qualify a part for of the lawsuit but i'm not doing that well, i mean because you know i have the breast cancer i'm sometimes i'm curious if that's what happened i don't know so. you are a breast cancer survivor yes 
which is a rarity uh, in men. How did you detect it? Because I went in for a kidney stone into the VA, and I, it was a 10 millimeter, so I'm in the hospital, and they were poking around on me. We found the lumps, and so they just went ahead and biopsied, like, how do you get that out of you? Ended up having 17 lumps. To, so. so these lumps, you had felt these lumps before, but because yeah. you're a man, you didn't... But I've, I've gained and lost so much weight in my life that I'm th- I thought, well, it, that's just what happens when you lose weight. Right. You know, I'm, I'm like, maybe it doesn't all dissolve or, or whatever, or lipoma. And so then, you know, you're just kind of ignoring it because you think oh, it's nothing because I feel fine. So uh, thank God I had the kidney stone or wouldn't have known. So. And uh, did you go through the, I mean, I've got some breast cancer survivors in my family and I know what they went through. What's what's the protocol for uh, for a man that gets it? Because, well, with me, I was in there. So um, we went through the surgery. And so it still to this day makes me laugh because I guess I was just so emotional when I was getting ready to go. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go into surgery and I'm crying. And they're, and they're like, you know, Mr. Seagull, like, what's, what? and I'm like, because they were going to remove my left nose and I was really I'm like just please put it back on right that's all I get I was so afraid I was going to come up one up one down that I was I was so like I'm, I'm crying right and so um because I had five lumps under um, that the areola, and so um, I was like ball, and they're like, but they, you know, they went across. We didn't like, we didn't have to do chemo or anything, which was nice. We uh, we did one, uh, a radiation uh, treatment, and they think they got everything. And I've been in remission now for what five, five, five or years. yeah, yeah it's, it's been six, a bit six years. The great the great thing about Will for those who haven't followed or haven't listened to previous episodes, we talk about where we talk about him is not only has he been a national touring comedian for at least I know at least twenty years, twenty eight. 28. Okay. And, uh, and, and now you've, you've done the thing that 20 years ago we used to make fun of. You've, you've made the transition to the cruise ship industry. And I never thought I'd be there. I, I, we were talking about that earlier, you know, back in the day, it seemed like if somebody said, oh, I want a cruise ship, you'd be like, oh man, sorry, your cruise. Yeah. You know, sucks to be you. Now it's like the click is so tight and it's like so many comics want that. It's hard, it's hard to get in, but once you're in, I mean, you're, you're there. So I love it. They're comedy clubs. The rooms are packed every night. Every night. I mean, you got to feel if you're in the comedy club, you know, you are. 500 to 700 I mean if it's standing room only it is and then you do the main room shows you know that's 2500 theater and 2500 what was the biggest room that I've you ever, ever played before you went to the cruise ships the arena in, I've done well the arena in Topeka with Larry that was 16,000 16,000 uh, then I, the Prescott Event Center was 7500 Kuwait when we uh, with Armed Force Entertainment um, originally we were supposed to be they were just going to have us in like some bar there uh, on the base and when everything went down and I think I talked they ended up having a, a troop became one of the statistics anyway but by the time we got back from going out to their unit coming back they put us in this hangar that night 2000 and that that, that was like for me, one of the best shows. Yeah, it just brought this base together. It was amazing. But there's like 2,000 trips there, and that was that was cool. But I've, I've done the mid-range, you know, um, the smaller theater, you know, the, the 2,000. Seats. I've done plenty of those, you know. But what's, what's so weird, though, even with like 16,000 people, as a comic, we're so brutal on ourselves that we'll, we'll, we'll pick out the guy with his arms crossed. Still, always. Like, why, why? And you get back to the hotel, and you're like, man, I wonder why I couldn't make that guy laugh. You know, it's like, it's weird, you know, but the, the cruise ship people, like, this is their vacation. They just want to have a good time. And it's like, they do. They pack in these rooms. And I will say that not everybody's been to a comedy club so they don't know the, quite the rules sometimes but they're still they're there to have a good time you are that 30 minute 30 feet rule you are a rock star 30 feet from that that comedy club on that ship for 30 minutes after that show you could do no wrong and then you walk that ship and i mean you are you're you're celebrity and it's amazing it's fun it's really fun my favorite my favorite uh, celebrity experience on a cruise ship me and the me and the uh, producer we actually got married on a cruise ship we were uh, just outside of bermuda i was still on active duty i were in my uh you know uh, i was going to use the terminology that i can't use for this show i was wearing my dress white uniform 
which is is known to attract the ladies. We'll just oh, say yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I'll turn a gentleman all the way, man. <laughs> and, and, of course, she's in a gorgeous gown, and we, we walk around the ship, and we're taking photos all over the ship, you know, because it's our wedding. They thought you were the captain. The treatment that we got for the rest of the cruise, it was so fun, Will, that I was in uh, I was in the final two of a Texas Hold'em tournament, and the, and the guy recognized me as the guy who was walking around with the That's pictures fun. and the pretty lady, and he goes, why don't we just split the pot right now? I was like, no, nah, I'm feeling really good. I'm having a good time. Let's, let's play this out. And I lose, of course, on the next hand, and he still split the pot with me. That's yeah, he's a, he was a pizza guy from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn, so we had a good time. It was great. And I, uh, I'm a cruise ship connoisseur. I do a lot of cruise shipping, but I've never done it from the employee's perspective. Okay. So uh, you, we have a lot of mutual friends that are, have been working cruise ships for years, and I get to see a little bit of it from what they post. Did you ever cruise before you were an employee? Yes. Okay. What are the biggest differences that you've noticed? Accommodations has got to be number one. I'm not bragging. <laughs> uh, no. They do. We we do stay in crew cabins. A lot of people think that you know you're a celebrity on the ship or whatever, that they you probably have the captain's quarters or whatever, but you're you're not. Now, when coming like just right out of the ships weren't full at capacity, you'd get a guest cabin. You'd be you know you're pretty excited. Now that we're at full capacity, you are in crew. Um, I laughed one time. I got up like a bunk bedroom. I'm like oh, you know, but I'm like I'm 52. This is one, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, the showers are small. Like you wash like a quarter of your body one day. You get the, you know, you just, by the time the cruise is over, you, you've gotten a full You've gotten the rotation. Right. What I like to do, though, Tony, is up on the Lido deck by the swimming pool is a full shower. Yes. So I know that's just, just bring your product with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just rinsing off, but I'm, like, I'm up there with. <laughs> I laugh because um, if you cruise, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like the Jeep Club. And, the, you know, people put rubber ducks on the back of people that own Jeeps. Well, they do this on the cruise ship, so it's a rubber duck club. And people bring these little rubber duckies, and they hide them all over the ship. What I like to do is you go in your room, and you flush it in the toilet, and then it pops up in the pool. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a lot, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, no, I mean, you know, because, like, you're, you're crew, and then you're not. It, it's weird how they you're treated really well. And so I think, for me, what I really like about not like, the rooms, the, the shows are amazing, but all these different ports. I get to get off uh, uh, in these ports. I'm seeing the. They, I can eat in any of the restaurants on this. Show. And so you are basically. It's almost vacation, and and you know, and then you know you work a little. You know, so uh, for that standpoint, like it's fun. It is a lot of so, and the pay's good, and you know they treat you so. Do yeah, and I, I know when Big Baby started with, I believe it was Carnival many many years ago. The uh, the travel, they, uh, the the travel that they do for you is really well put together. They they. We'll fly you in the night before. You're staying in a four-star hotel. You're, you know, they're getting you to port. They're Uber in private. Whatever you need to do to get there. And they cover everything. And they make you feel special. Yes. You feel like, like I said, you feel like a rock star. Is there, you know how comedy clubs used to be, and it's still that way today, I'm sure, in some places. Is there a rule in place that says... You work for Carnival. You only work for Carnival. Don't even think about looking at another cruise no, ship. No, that's the one good thing. Like you do whatever, do all the cruise ships if you want. I, um, for me, and you know, talking with my agent, like I could go to the other ones. I really like working for Carnival, and the way I, I have it set up um, for me, and especially as, as a veteran, I, this is why I, I kind of just stick with Carnival, is because Carnivals they really support them. Their ships are freedom, valor, honor, glory. You know what I'm saying? And, and they every cruise has a military appreciation show, and it, it is the most um, veteran cruise um, line out there. I mean, there are more veterans that are cruising on Carnival than any. And so when you get on these ships and there's all these veterans, and like I said, with the military appreciation show, and it just feels like like family. And I don't I know that sounds cliche, but it really just feels like one big family taking a vacation. So I love it. Yeah, I hear them. 
you pick them anyway. <laughs> you, you talk about how f- veteran friendly Carnival is. Yes. You are a big fan of the veterans because you yourself are a veteran, and you and I would say you were probably one of the most veteran veterans I know. You want to explain to our listeners what we're talking about? So I'm a three branch veteran, which you know there's a lot of two out there, but I have not found a, a, a lot of. Three. Uh, you don't see three very often. No, um, you'll see guys that do like maybe. Army, Air Force, then they go to the Army National Guard or something like that. But I'm, I'm an Air Force. It's, I went the wrong order. I'm Air Force, Marine Corps, Army. So four in the Air Force, four in the Corps, and five in the Kind of a glutton for punishment, but uh, <laughs> I, I wish I would have gotten Marine Corps first. I wouldn't have had to, you know, basically start all over. I was going Air Force to Marine Corps. The Marine Corps hated I got road like it. It is, it is so strange that someone would leave the Air Force because the Air Force is, God, I hate saying this out loud because people listen, but the Air Force is probably the best when it comes to taking care of their people. They, they are. And my problem was, you know, I was young. I joined the Air Force when I was 17. And so, you know, when I did my time, still young, c- coming out of war, you know, was weird. You know, and I, I ended up, I was at Norton, San Bernardino, California, and I ended up, you know, going to college there, University of Redlands. And I think, you know, coming out of Desert Storm and everything, it's just at a young age, looking at the things that I'd already gone through, at, you know, at 21, you're kind of like, wow. And so then here's college and it's like, you know, am I just going to start this normal life, whatever. But then not being able to get a job, you know, at that time or like what I thought I just because I, you know, I deserve, but uh, I deserve more. Right. And so, you know, here's the Marine Corps guys always, you know, at the talking at the university and you could be a officer in the United States Marine Corps, you know, and it's like the funny thing is uh, the people that adopted me, my uh, my father's, you know, he's army guy enlisted. And so when I called him, I'm like, hey, dad, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be an officer. And then my dad's like, no, you're not, son. We're enlisted men. We're going to stay enlisted. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, so. Here I, I call this recruiter. Like, You're not my real daddy. Don't tell I, me I what know, to do. I'm calling the recruiter. Uh, my dad says I can't be an officer in the Corps, so what can you guys do for me? Well, let me tell you what we can do, son. Um, we're going to take two stripes from you because I was an E4 buck sergeant. He said, We're going to drop you down in E2. You're going to go back to MCRD San Diego. You're going to start all over. I'm like, That sounds great. You know, and so, uh, and they let me ship. They let me ship overweight. I was three pounds overweight. So as soon as I get there, I get put on PCP. And folks, that's not the drug, it's the pork chop platoon. Right? <laughs> so here, here I get dropped with the physical conditioning platoon, three pounds. I lost that weight. ASAP. And then some. But they didn't They didn't update the paperwork. So here I am. I get dropped on my platoon, still on a diet. So now I'm the big red donut. All right. So I'm, you know, and every, so everybody knows. You, I know they had my size. I know they had my size in a sweatshirt, but they, oh, sir, we only have a medium. You know, so here you squeeze all that in. And, you know, you're walking around with this big red. But I'm like, you know, my senior's like always like so smooth. He's like big, just James Rule Jones with, uh, hello, you guys. If you have you got any problems, we just knock on the duty hut. We'll talk like, you know, I'm like, well, I'm getting off this diet because I'm sitting at this table with guys on double rations. I'm watching these guys eat cake and cookies trying to gain weight and i'm sitting across the table from another fat guy like me and we're trying to lose weight and so i'm like man this is brutal so i, I made that mistake and i knock come on in recruit i'm saying he's like what seems to be the problem so i'm like sir uh i've lost the weight uh, i believe i could come off this diet now you guys are giving me this quarter head of lettuce a scoop of rice a scoop of jello two glasses of water that's my meal and i'm like uh he's like what's your name i go clifton finds my father lays that on his desk he starts reading stuff he's like oh says here you're E4 sergeant in the combat, man. You're, you're dead. And then he sees uh, USAF. And he goes, You're a daggone fly boy. And he throws my file across the room. He's like, Get your chubby butt out of my. And he's like, And they call it the classroom. And that's where you're going to get sweaty. It's puke or pass out time. And I'm like, 13 weeks of just never my name. I was recruit everything but my name, which the bad thing is at that time Clinton was president, so my last name's Clifton, so just one letter off. So I was Clinton, I was I was anything but Clifton, you know, and so uh, and just rode like a show pony, man. I mean, finally, I remember like when we finally get your EGA, you know, and it's like it's tough, man. It's thirteen weeks of hell, it really is, and you know, and he, I'm bawling, man. I got snot bubbles coming out of my nose, and you know, he's like, here you go, Marine, and he finally calls me Marine, and you're like, there's something about it, man. I'm goosebumps right now, and it's like you're just, <laughs> you know, I'm standing, there, you know, I'm older than everybody. You got to be like, I'm, you know, I'm. 
I got all these kids are looking at me. I'm just over there crying, you know, and it just. But you know, when I I did my time in the uh, in the Marine Corps, and you know, you get hurt. And it's one thing we know. It's like they're, you know, you got to fight. You fight to stay in. You know, it's like um, once you're not 100, percent you know, they, they want to med board you out. And I fought, and you know, and it's just the Marine Corps. It's like it, it was just my time to leave, you know. But I wasn't done with the military. But going blue to green, going Marine Corps to Army was an easy transition. I was military police. I was corrections, and so that transition, we all trained together anyway. So. Uh, I ended up, which I think is still funny this day, is like, by the time I went in the Army, I'm, I, you know, we got our dream sheet, man. I want to I want to see some some cool bases, because all my friends are like Hawaii and Korea and all these cool places. I'm like, I want to go there. So I'm putting all these cool bases down. I get based at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, <laughs> 12 miles from my house, all right? You know, and I'm like, but that's where the USTB Fort Leavenworth is. I'm corrections, and um, that's where you're going to, you know, you're going to go there. So, um, but, you know, I laugh about it. We, we know I got hurt, and, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, I'm not in anymore, but I, I joke a lot about, you know, just got to where you know you're two years active in the reserve and stuff and it's just you know showing up for your weekend and just always fighting i've always fought the weight problem my whole life i fought a weight problem and it got to where it just like i'd show up and they're like clifton 195 pounds son that's what you're supposed to weigh you know regulation 100 you're 222 son i'm like i'm not gonna see 195 probably ever again in this lifetime and you know so it just comedy had taken over i started comedy in 95 um when i was in the core got kind of dared to do it and so by that time i was established i thought you know in 2001 when i came out and i got out may 4th 2001 but then 9 11 happens and it's like the anger you want to like oh i'm going to go back in i'm going to save the world you know but comedy kind of you know really started to take off and so i was like you know i'm like all right this is the route i'm going to take and i had businesses at that time and well you were you were a feature 2001 if i remember correctly yeah i think we met around yeah. that time i was um i um i'm gonna tell the story i don't care <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to edit it out, so I don't well, care no, it's either. Nothing, but I didn't know kind of what I was. I didn't know what I was. Locally, I was good, but to go out on the road and be a road comic, I'm like, you know, you, you saw the other guys, but you, I didn't really know what it takes. But I had business that time. I know what it. You know, my degrees in business. I, I know how to sell. And I know how to sell me. And I also know the first rule of sales is, is you don't give them a yes or no. You give them a choice. And so I got on the phone with Huntington, West Virginia. And I called and I'm like, hey, my name's Cy Ruggiero. I represent Comedian Will C. And, you know, my client's in your area this week and this week. Which one of those weeks would work for you? And they're like, well, neither one of those works week. But this week, our featured wife's act's having a baby. We're scrambling trying to find a feature act. I think your client can come in, do 30 minutes a night. We'll pay him $400 at the end of the week. And I'm like... Let me get back with you in 15. Let me get a hold of it. And so I hung up the phone. I sit there and watch the clock. I'm like, call back. I'm like, well, I was able to get a hold of Will. And um, we got a hold of the club that he was supposed to be in this week. And we, we picked up another week. We switched spot. Um, I'm going to send him to the airport now. If somebody could pick him up in, uh, at the airport there in West Virginia. And no problem. At that time, I was like, I had like my, my strong MC set. Featuring was, I was still working it, you know? So it's like I was comfortable in my five to seven. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I get there. And, and I, making I, announcements. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and who, who else is coming in the club, right? And so I'm so nervous with, with this feature week. And I'm like, I'm probably going through that five to seven into five. And I'm like, I still got 25 minutes to kill here. And so now it's like, hey, Black Shirt, what's up, mustache? You know, and it's like, you're, you're just, to- totally improv. It's you, man, just riffing, you know? And so at the end of the week, she ends up like, she's like, I can't believe I never heard of you. I go, I can't believe you never heard of me either. And I just walk out of this, and I'm like, I can do this. And I never looked back. And I think we met around that time because um, Florida seemed to be. Honestly, was a you could just rotate Florida. Yeah, yeah, you, down you, one side and up the other, and, and you could stay there almost year round because you could do that gauntlet. It was the same with Michigan. If you get it right, you come into the Panhandle and work your way down. And and honestly, when you do that, if that that whole gauntlet, uh, you could seriously, if you did Dustin and you come in, and I mean, and we were talking about Jackie Knight earlier. It's like if you did, every, you know, anything from like the Comedy Zones, Jacksonville, the Ramada. I think that's we met. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was my home club. Um, 
And then, I mean, honestly, just and keep circling that and circling that. I got to where I was loving Florida. I mean, in 2001, I think I was in Florida the whole time. And that's why, you know, I made friends with all you guys down here. And it's like, I remember then Michigan, you know, I'd start in Duluth, Minnesota. You do the UP, drop down, and you could stay in Michigan and, and rotate it. Because if the clubs like you, they'll bring you back twice. So if you did that right, you just... Yeah, you, you time know, it perfect. Right. So, you know, and but you kind of get comfortable in that feature spot. Because you don't have to worry about the checks drop. You're, you know, you're still selling your merch. If you, if you get a cool headliner, they right. don't care. So it's like, all right, well, this is kind of a gravy life. But at the same time... There's always... Your ego wants that, <laughs> want that, you, want that headline. You want that headline, you know, you want your name on the marquee. And so, uh, you you know, you work at it and work at it. And then I finally got to where, you know, you're bumped up to the headliner status. And then, you know, everything happened with, with me going to California in 07. Just supposed to be there for three months, you know. And I was just going to be basically a military consultant on that film. I had a small role, no big deal. But as I'm driving there, you know, he's this, there's a writer strike. Project gets scratched, but I'm I'm there. So now, what do I do? So, you know, a lot of people know the story. Is I, you know, I signed up with Central Casting just to be background work, just to try to get my foot in the door. And they told me that, you know, good luck. You probably you'll never, you know, basically you'll never make it. Right. Or I need five to seven years to really break into business. But I got lucky within two weeks of being in in California. I landed that Kanye West commercial, and I he Kanye literally. I got I got lost. A lot of people here. I'll tell the story if we got time. I mean, we got time, bro. Um, so when I was I, seriously, I'm I'm driving to California. My buddy calls me. He's like, "Hey, well, there's a ride strike going on. I scratched this project." And I'm like, "I go, buddy. I'm like in Moriarty, New Mexico." And I'm like, "What do I do?" But my sister was six months pregnant. My brother-in-law was in the Navy, and he had just got orders to East Coast. And my sister was going to be by herself for those last three months. She's like, "I could really use your help." And so I went on um, there to California. And, and seriously, I went up. Everybody's like, "Go to Central Casting." And so when I went there, they take your headshot. You know, you fill out everything there, and they did. They basically looked at me like, "Well, five to seven years, uh, Mr. Wilsey, and we, 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 good luck." I'm like, "Wow!" And so when they called me for the con, the Connie commercial, um, they're like, "Hey, we're, we need background actors for this commercial. You're just going to walk around the background of this bar. Fifty-six dollars for eight hours, non-union pay." I'm like, "That's horrible money," but I'm like, "I got to do something," so I took it. And when I got to that set that day, I did not. Nobody really told me what to do. And they said, look for uh, background holding. And I'm like, I'm walking around the set, and I'm like, I can't find it. But I see the wardrobe. And so I just, I pop my head in there to ask. And I start talking to this guy named Jason. We start talking. And, and um, as he's trying to give me directions, Kanye and his entourage walk in for their outfit. And Kanye just like kind of at Jason. He's like, who is the, that guy? And they're, they're like apologizing. They're like, oh, Kanye, Mr. West, we're so sorry. He's non-union background. And they're like, we'll... You we'll know. get we'll get this scum out yeah, of here. Basically, that's what like go away. And I'm like, I don't know where to go. But Kanye, like, it's funny because he's like takes the sunglasses, he just takes, and he's just eyeing me. And he's like, he asks Jason, like, who who is this guy? And they're like, oh, Kanye, Mr. Wester. And they're just kissing him. And they're like, uh, he's non union background, you know. And and they they are like, we'll get out of here. And then Kanye's like, he goes, yo, white boy, yo, chubby, huh? I like the way you look. You're all jiggly, you're chubby and stuff. You want to be the bounce in this commercial? And I'm so sensitive. People call me fat. I'm like, did you call me fat? He's like, and then I'm like, oh. You want me to be what? He's like, I want, you want me to be the bouncer doll? You want me to be the And I'm like, yeah, I guess. You know, that guy was a SAG actor. He's been hair and makeup getting ready to go on set. Kanye walks in a hair and makeup. He's like, look, you're going to pay your day rate, but I don't need you anymore. This guy's replacing you. Taft Harley, right on the spot. I made 63 grand on that commercial. Changed my life. And Six, I, I, every time you tell me the story, I'm just blown away because, by that. Because they were playing that commercial in what they call the five markets, and it was also being played like going over the ocean. So I would literally go to my mailbox. Here's $1,800. Here's another $5,400. I mean, I'm getting these checks that I'm like, wow, what is going on here? But 
it opened up the door to bigger agencies. And so um, I got signed with a, with a big agency and I landed a show called Mancer on Spike TV and doing Mancers. And then, my God, it's like every time I turn around, it's like the, the Monk uh, office. My name is Earl Knight Rider, Sons of Anarchy. When I landed the handyman on Gene Simmons, Pam and Chules, that I, I didn't know about. I didn't know about the Sons of Anarchy. What did you so, do in that one? On Sons of Anarchy, if you remember the episode called Caretaker, uh, Katie Segal's father got Alzheimer's and they sent him to the hospital. And so I played a doctor in that. In okay. That. But it's like um, then Gene Simmons, Family Jewels, when that happened, when I got the handyman role on that, things kind of opened up. Well, then Storage uh, Hunters came out. And Storage, what's so funny is Forbidden Storage was the pilot for those shows. And when we're in the pitch meeting, it was so funny. It's like, here you got the guys from A&E, you got the guy True. Of course, A&E has more money. Everybody leaves that meeting, they take their money, and they get Storage Wars off before we get Storage Hunters off on True TV. So it looks like we're the copycat show, even though we're the original. Right. So, but it still ended up being a great show. And, you know, things turned out. And then it's like, I would land these movies and commercials, and what really, like, for me financially, though, was Tele-22. And a lot of people don't realize, so Tele-22 is like the Verizon of Russia. Uh-huh. And so, but they would come into L.A. and film their, their commercials and dub them in, in Russian and take them back, because it's just shoot there. So I, I shot all these Tele-22 commercials. Um, I, I'm saying, if I ever get off a plane in Russia, I'm told I get mobbed. I'm famous there, which is, <laughs> which is kind of funny if you think about it. And so... Um, but then, like, you know, movie-wise, like Yes Man with Jim Carrey, Seven Pounds with Will Smith, I was in Gone Girl with Ben Affleck, and Heron Vice with Joaquin Phoenix, Hail Caesar with George Clooney, Purge Anarchy. I mean, just all these movies, just ke- I would keep on landing these roles. And so it's like, you know, your your resume's getting better. So then when you do get out on the road, all of a sudden my credentials as a headliner, I, you know, you can demand more money, you're, you know, th- and life is good, you know. Oh, uh, mercy. Tennessee uh, Tramp said the thing about resumes was you're supposed to lie on them all the time anyway. See, what's funny is like, <laughs> as you're coming up, as you're, as you're coming up, you're fluffing, you know, um, because you, you see, this guy's been at clubs, colleges, and military bases all over the world, and you, and you might have seen it, and now all of a sudden it's like, I have this resume that's legit, and I'm like, wow, okay. So then it's like, as they come up with this thing, now, now it's like, I have legit credits, so when I, I work these clubs and you see the credits of people that, and I know these people, and I know that, that it's BS, you're like, uh, okay, you know, it's like, okay, fluffer, you know what I'm saying? You know, but I just like, I always told myself if I stopped having fun in this industry that I quit. And it's just like, you know, things go, would be going great. And I get into what they call the climb the mountain, and I feel like I get there. Car wreck, car wreck, cancer. Got bit by that brown recluse and almost died. You know, COVID happened. It's like, uh, you know, and then my mom got sick and, and passed. And your and your life takes this these different routes, you know. And you know, military stuff, PTSD. You know, I I, I what I have what they call hyper arousal. P- I hate the D. I really I don't like it. I don't think it's a disorder. I think we went through some stuff, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. I um, got my own strong thoughts on that whole thing. So in my mind, it's like so. You know, I, I'm constantly fighting those D. And so. You know, as a comic, and, and you've got to get, understand this, it's like people expect us to always be on. We're not allowed to stop and have real stuff happen in our life, you know? And it's so, for me, I had to figure out how to incorporate my real life into the comedy. And so, with like with my company, with the Veterans of Comedy, you know, we started that with the hopes of everybody wants to go perform for the troops overseas, Tony. That's, you know, oh, yeah, but what about our troops here? What about our transitioning troops? What about, you know, our veterans? You know, it seems like a lot of times those getting forgotten. And I'm like, so with the veterans of comedy, I wanted that angle. Of course, I want to go overseas and do that stuff. But I also want to hit these VFWs and these American legions. And so we started veterans of comedy. And then all of a sudden, it's like in my mind, I'm like, I'm out here doing this comedy. I'm trying to make everybody else laugh while I'm dying inside. You know, it's like I'm constantly fighting whatever's in my head. And I'm like, I sat down after going to the, the VA in, in Los Angeles. And every time I'd go, Tony, it's like I have these 22-year-old interns from USC or from UCLA, and then I'd go next month and I have a new one because she graduated or he graduated, and now that you know, you start, and so you're always telling, and you have to dig into the pain. And so I'm like, I went, I went home, and I've always kind of said, like, you know, I can't 
we can't change our past. We know that. What's and, done is done, yeah. And I don't know tomorrow, and I, but I do know this, that if I focus too much on either or, then I can't function. So what I, I, I took a piece of paper and I wrote down 300, 300 seconds. It's five minutes of my life. If I can get through these five minutes, I can get through the next five minutes. And before you know it, tomorrow's here. And that's how I kind of started Combat to Comedy. And I wrote down, like, you know, tell people five things you want them to know about you that maybe they don't know. What's the first funny story that comes to your mind? And I just started doing, writing this down. All of a sudden, I've got this whole program and... I got very fortunate that I was allowed to, to present that at the Pentagon. And so General Goldfin of the United States Air Force was like, I like the program. We were working with the U.S. Uh, Air Force Winter Warriors um, and then the Marine Corps Winter Warrior Battalion West out of Pendleton. And, and in working with these transitioning veterans, and so whether it be visible and invisible wounds, we're like, you know, here's MST, here's TBI, here's, you know, it's like all the different things that people are dealing with that are getting them basically, you know, separated from the military. It all came down to the, a grieving process. I thought that was very similar to that of the civilian world. I'm like, you know, when you have, when we raise our hands and say, we're going to defend this country against all enemies, foreign, domestic, and off we, we're young kids, we're whatever, and we're young home, and we're ready to go. And we're 100%. And all of a sudden, you're not 100%. I feel like they, if they take us 100, they got to return us 100. That's just where I'm at, you know. But in, in my, you know, thinking, in my therapy, and I'm like, okay, well, here's the denial aspect of this grieving process. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not 100%. You guys want to kick me out? I'm angry. I bargain, I'm depressed, and now I'm teeter-tottering the anger and the depression, and I can't get to that acceptance level, and, you know, being able to say that's okay to not be okay. And I think that's what, you know, whether civilian or, or military, that's where the healing begins, is when you're finally, okay, it's okay to not be okay. And we can move forward then. It, it takes a while to get there. And so my deal was, like, if we could use laughter and comedy on these in-between stages before we get, you know, maybe you can fight fear with funny. Maybe you can heal through humor. And so... That's where everything kind of developed, and now it's like I get to incorporate all these things into, you know, now I'm a motivational speaker, I'm a stand-up comedian, I'm, I'm an auctioneer, I do celebrity auctioneering, and all these different things that I've You're now... You're still available for acting roles also. <laughs> I'm still... Um, <laughs> modern technology is amazing, because you can audition, I can be on a ship, and I can submit a video audition... And see, you know, if you're going to get the call back or whatever. And, you know, if I have to, I get off that ship and I'm on a plane. I'm flying to L.A. And, you know, you go in front of the, the casting people. But that, I will say that is a nice thing about how the world works now. It, wasn't it is. Like, yeah. It, it, everything has changed. Right, it's it just really so much has. easier now. Right. Sorry, I kind of rattled there for a while and then kind of took over your show. There. No, no, no. <laughs> so the last interview I did was with Danny Johnson. I don't know if you remember Danny. I from, do know, yeah. Danny's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, just yeah. did his dry bar not too long ago. Yeah. And now he's got his own podcast where he's, uh, he's basically doing interviews with dry bar comedians so Danny's a great guy and and when I did that interview with him I realized I was uh, being being me and overpowering the conversation so in this one I wanted to make sure I was real good at letting the guest speak so don't worry don't worry about that that's you just brought up the and I'm not, I'm not knocking dry bar I'm not and I, I think it's been a great platform for you know a lot of comments my my thing with them is I think it's a little bit deceiving because the guys go and do these squeaky clean dry bar comedy things, and then clubs bring them in, and then find out that oh, he's uh, actually a right, foul mouth right. vulgar. And so I think drywall would be great, like a drywall kind of like anything goes kind of thing. You know, I think there needs to be specials like that. There needs to be another platform. And I'm not saying you know open it up to you know R to explicit, but a PG-13 to a light R specials like this for comics i mean because here's the deal i know they always say right clean you can always you know dirty up a clean joke you know and it's blah blah blah. and i get what they're doing but it's like and i'm not saying like and people are like well you're just knocking it because you don't have one no I, i'm in touch with those people I, I i would love to go you know i would do it my problem is i'm, I'm not i can't and i'm not saying sell out you, you think it's deceptive 
I, I feel like it's, it's, it's for me it would be now I know like because I, I do the military shows and stuff and you do the you know a lot of things on military bases are very PC the cruise ship you have to have your family friendly show you also have your adult shows but for me I want that option so I don't want somebody thinking that I'm this and then you know and I'll, I'll use a buddy of mine example I, I don't know if you know um, Sam Comer I don't, I don't know if you know Sam Sam uh, plays very high up I think he took third on America's Got Talent He's got Tourette's. He, he's a hilarious comic. But you're so squeaky on America's Got Talent. And that's how people... He was introduced to the world, basically. You know, even though he'd been around, it's like, you know, whatever. But then all of a sudden, these clubs are bringing him in. And people that watched him on TV thought he was a squeaky clean guy with... But, you know, I mean, that, I mean that's been a thing for years and years and years. First time I saw it was Tracy Morgan. You uh, know? Right. Tracy Morgan's on Saturday Night Live. And he, he's lovable. And he's sweet. And he doesn't... And people come and see him. Man, you go to a Tracy Morgan uh, show? I, this, oh, my God. This is true. So... This is one of my first feature weeks ever. This is back probably 2000, God, 2001, 2002. Bob Saget. So, uh, oh, yes. So yes. my daughter is seven years old, <laughs> loves Full House, right? She's, that's Danny Tanner, you know? That's that's Michelle and, uh, you know? So I get this week at Stanford's Comedy Club in Kansas City featuring for Bob Saget. So I, my ex-wife, I'm like, bring Alex down. We'll get a picture. We'll get a headshot. Stick around for the show. I have no idea. So here's here's my little seven-year-old daughter in the green room with my ex-wife. And yeah, it's a picture w- with Bob. You know, he signs the headshot for, the, you know, blah, blah. It's great. And then I go up and I do mine. I come back into the green room. They bring up Bob. And we're just kind of sitting there and Bob go right in. Right into it. Right into it. And I look at my ex-wife, Jennifer, and I'm like, it's time for you to take Alexander home. Time for you to take Because he starts running with the, with the Olsen twins, with, <laughs> with Kimmy Gibbler. And I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. Yes, I should yes. have done some research, you know. <laughs> um, but it wasn't like the, it wasn't the go YouTube everything, and you know, like we now, you know, here we are. You, you can, yeah, you, you can. You probably, I, I, I'm sure somebody got a camera in on one of Bob's stand-up acts. And, man, I was like, oh god. And the opening jokes, I don't think they ever changed. I think that was the that was the attention getting. I am not a dry bar comedian. Uh, right, you know. <laughs> right. See, that's what. And I'm not. I'm not knocking Mormon or whatever. But I mean, I think that's the thing with the guys from Dry Bar. It, it, it is there in Utah. It's a it's dry county. It's they're very Mormonly religious or whatever, and that that's what they want is these these G rated PG shows. Yeah, and and they get them, and the lights are on. I don't like that. And, and it's 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 it, it has. I will say this: it has launched some comics in, into a limelight that they wouldn't have had otherwise. They they do a very good job. Yes, they yes. do a very good so job I'm of not, promoting I, the product. Like I said, I, if you're listening, I would be happy. I would do one. I'm just, at the same time. I would think I would feel bad about it. Like, it, it, I, I don't want people coming and being deceived because I'm not a character. So when you come to a Will C show, I'm the same guy that we're sitting here. It's just now me take these life stories and take them to the stage. And I'm going to talk to you the same way we're talking now. But I'm, I, I found the humor in the pain and in the life stories from, you know, my life from almost birth being in the orphanages and, and foster homes into the adoptive to, you know, here's this Italian kid getting adopted by these rednecks, you know, and it's like, it's a, it's a weird kind of transition of what I grew up into and running into the military when I was 17. And then, you know, I didn't join the military to, to go, you know, I didn't know we were going to go to war, you know, I thought I was going to get my college paid for, you know, and I hear you're a young kid and you're, I'm dyslexic with a reading comprehension problem. I had no business joining the military if you really knew me, but this recruiter told me how to take the ASVAB. He's like, if it's all the above, it's all the above. And 90% of the answers are C and guess on the other 10%. And that's what I did. And that's how you take the ASVAB. If anybody's out there. <laughs> and I scored very high. And so all of a sudden, here's this dyslexic kid and I'm a pharmacy specialist. That's a long place to put somebody that's dyslexic. If I've hurt anybody uh, with the wrong medication, I apologize. <laughs> um, you know, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, we're in conflicts, you know, and it's, 
And we have been ever since. And honestly, we've really been in conflict since Korea. We're still, since Korea, like nothing's changed. Like we've constantly been in something, but it, you join now, you're, you're getting deployed. There's no really ways, you know, but back then it's like we didn't know that that was going to happen. Um, you know, I thought if anything, you know, the people that adopted me didn't have a lot of money. This was a way for me to go to school, get my college paid for it. I'd give, my, I'd give the country four years. And if I liked it, I'd stick around. That, you know, that's really what I thought when I joined, you know. And then here you are, you're, you know, you're an 18-year-old kid, you're in war. Uh, you know, and you're a combat. I'm doing triage. I'm 18, and, and my decisions decide whether you live or die. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's really messed it's up. It's a lot of responsibility. If you think yeah. about it, I mean, you know, um, it's messed up. You know, we were both young when we went in. You know, it's like, you know, and man, what did you do? 30 years? I mean, you were in forever, right? I did uh, 26. The wife did 26. Yeah. We would round it up so, both I mean, of us. It's like that, I mean, and we're still, we're young guys. You know, you got a whole, reti- you know, already lived a life. You know what I'm saying? At, at our age right now, we've already lived a really good life. You yeah. know, and so... I don't know, but um, I know I can't go work for somebody, you know, not like that. I mean, you know, um, I'm not, I can't punch somebody's time clock and send a cubicle. Why would you? I mean, I mean, you're just doing so well. And of course, I mean, I, I, and I've told you this a couple of years ago, how I live vicariously through you guys, because, you know, the opportunity to do comedy full time never equated to what I was making in, right. in my job and I just you know I got a wife I got family these are I got responsibilities and now it's and like it's funny the, the the money's so good now but it's like if you look back on like struggles of comedy dude like, I look back I'm like what was I thinking <laughs> man I'm like I, honestly it's like I remember like back in the day telling I Living in Kansas City, I, on Tuesday nights, I would drive four hours to St. Louis. Absolutely, to make 75 bucks if you're so lucky. If you're, if you're lucky, lucky. Or just get on the mic and then drive the four hours back home the same night. And I'm like, and my wife, you know, it's like the, the gas money going there, you know, getting back. She's like, and she'd be like, what'd you make tonight? I'm like, no, I didn't make anything. I got, no, but I, I said, I got five minutes tonight where I normally get three. They gave me an extra two minutes tonight. And my wife's like, two minutes of what? I got two minute, more minutes on stage. Yeah, but what'd you get paid? No, Kim, I didn't get paid anything. Per se, this but, is, you gotta understand got, how this works. Right, but I got paid in, in 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 experience. You know, I'm like, well, you tell the mortgage company that we're going to pay the mortgage this month with experience. And so, you know, and it's like, you know, but you do it because you know you never knew. And I'm like, even with the you know the, the move to California, that I mean that that was scary. Like just jumping both feet in. You know, like just originally just thought three months. I planned out three months. We knew, all right, we put for three months and they're going to pay you X amount of dollars with this movie and stuff. We will be fine for you to be gone for three months to California. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not coming home, you know. But here's this commercial that's like, wow, all right, it's keeping me here, you know. And I, I, I did I ever tell you about my that I, the apartment I landed in L.A.? You may have, but let's share so, it with the audience. So, um, what's the funny? So I, I stayed with my sister until my niece was born, and then my sister w- went to the East Coast, and so I moved up to L.A. And my buddy lived in uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s mansion. Uh, if anybody knew Lon Chaney, was like a silent actor, did like the Wolfman. Anyway, this was his first mansion, and so the lady that owned that, she turned it all into apartments, and it was on L. Ron Hubbard. We were right by the Diagnetic Library. We we're the only building a house on that street that wasn't Scientology, and they tried to buy her out. Oh, of course. Um, And so they hated it. But she had no business renting the attic. She um, had started to turn the attic into apartments up there, but they weren't finished. And so she's like, I can let you stay up there for $500 a month. $500 in L.A. on Sunset Boulevard? Unheard of. I'm close to the comedy store. Everything I needed at the Laugh Factory. Here's, you know, the Hollywood Improv. And I'm living in this attic for $500 a month. I paid rent twice while I lived there. I lived there for one year exactly. I paid... My landlord was almost... It was almost kingpinish. Not 
but you know but she would always find something for me to do to not have to pay rent like i took solar panels off the, the roof i would paint i would recarpet room whatever she needed to not pay rent but she felt so comfortable with me that she would just walk in the bathroom the shower she'd come in and she's like well and i'm like kathy i'm in the shower she's like i need your help i'm like kathy i'll be out in a minute no, i need your help now and i pull the curtain back she's covered literally and i'm like kathy what is wrong she's like the sewer line sprung a leak in the front yard and it's just shooting <laughs> up in the she's like I, she goes i need your help i need your help and i'm like oh god so i come out of the shower and i'm like i don't know what to do i got a towel wrapped around me i pull some shorts on i go out in the yard and, I, and it is just, so i'm like i'm looking around nothing so i just laid on it i grenaded my body over this hole of crap that's shooting up in the air until la county could get there from the from the oh from the water department whatever so here I am, just laying, no shirt on, just getting shot in with crap. Two, it bought me two months of free rent. <laughs> I'm like, my friend's like, why couldn't you grab like a trash can lid or something? Yes. You know, and I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't thinking that far. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just grenading this thing. You know, it enabled finally my household in Kansas City. My wife joined me in, in L.A. And, you know, we lived a good life there. Like I said, we lived until 2019. We uh, came back to Kansas City. Like I said, every time I think about leaving, think about leaving, you know, something good would happen, something good would happen, and, you know, here we are, so. No, that's great. That's awesome. I, 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 I apologize if you see me over here. <sighs> no, it, it, our bodies are, have gone through some things. You know? <laughs> I get it. So, <laughs> quickly back to the veterans of comedy. Yes, sir. Uh, how many uh, comedians are in your stables right now? You know, we started when we started that in 2014. It was myself, uh, two other Marine Corps buddies of mine, Sean Hoppin and, and Eric Knowles. Uh, we started with that, and uh, we are now 35 strong. What? Well, there are 35 of us spread out throughout the United States now. So. That is awesome. Awesome. We just finally, eight years in, uh, we got offered such a good deal. So I, I, I'm in the process. We somebody, and I'm going to shout out Sean and and um, Christopher Knowles down, uh, Qualls down in Florida. They had a, an extra vehicle. We were we've been looking for a van for to do our tours in. I was tired of putting all the miles on my own personal vehicles. Um, so um, Sean's wife had bought this this Equinox and. Uh, the AC went out on it. Instead, instead of fixing the AC, she's like, "I'm not." She just went and bought a new car. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's nice to have options. So Sean gets mad at her for doing that because they're they're auto guys. They have Qualls Automotive. They fix. That's what they do. <laughs> but now Sean's upset, and he's like, it's "Your car. I'm not doing anything." With. Well, I was down in Florida. Um, I tested false positive, and I had to quarantine. And I quarantined down in Florida, and they let me drive the car. And I'm like, hey, "As long as you don't mind, the AC doesn't work. Here's a vehicle for you. The thing's immaculate." Other. And so I said, what are you guys going to do with this car? And they're like, she was like, I just don't want to make a payment. So I, I, I Kelly Blue, the, it books is sixteen nine. the car. He goes, um, he goes, I owe five on it. I don't, I never want to make another payment. So we're in basically raising five grand right now to purchase the Veterans of Comedy. Uh, Mobile. Mobile. Because my, here's the deal. Well, this is what people don't understand. I will say this. People assume Will's the actor. Will, Will has a good stand-up career on his own. That So when, here's this company, the Veterans of Comedy, they think, they don't understand that I don't want to use my own personal money to run the Veterans of Comedy. I want the Veterans of Comedy to run itself. Right. And so it runs off donations. It runs off donations and the shows we do. We go and do a lot of shows to help other people raise money. And people forget that we're, you know, that we have to survive too. So it's like a lot of these legions and we have to, they think that we just want to come and help them raise money for a new roof or, you know, the, the smokeless fence in there, you know. But And then when you say we need to get paid, they're like, oh, you're not just going to volunteer your time for us? Uh, well, no, we're, you know, we're a group. But anyway, so, but we got this thing. So... AC's fixed, brand new AC. 
uh, brand new tires, spark plug. We did everything to this car, so we have this, and we're in it now. We're driving it, and um, but yeah, it's like it's just we've watched this thing grow so well that it's just you know it's it amazes me what's really going on with it. I mean, we're branded now, and and branded strong. You know, our our logo's strong. People recognize it. You know, people when they see us in it or whatever, they're like, oh, you know, we we know we've seen you guys here or whatever. So it, it just keeps getting better and better, man. So. Any uh, any big shows coming up uh, outside of the Harrisburg Comedy Zone this weekend that you want to share so for we people are... who may be listening? Uh, no, I should have this up in a day or two. So well, well here's the deal. So we or are, where to go? Yeah, we are going to the um, where we're going to be in New Hampshire next week on November 10th. Or wait a minute, no, we're not November. What month are we in? We're in September. This is oh my September. God, September. I'm so up. So September. 10th, you thought we were in Florida at lunch. I, I'm, I travel too much. So um, we'll be in Milford, New Hampshire, on September 10th. I will then be on a carnival a paradise from the 15th to the 19th. Then I'm flying to California to work with ForceCon in San Diego, which I'm really excited about. That uh, basically centered around naval aviation and all the the different things there. I'm going to be a, a celebrity auctioneer for that, raising money for Honor Flight. Uh, I'm then going to get on a plane and fly to D.C. with this is historic. This is the first all Vietnam veteran flight that's being taken to the memorial in D.C. Oh wow! And it's the Sea Wolves. Um, the how three guys from uh, they were helicopter gunners and stuff, but uh, from Vietnam, and then back on the tour, man. So we're just trying to fourth quarter and ready. To- Do comedians still have websites? Uh, sure. If you need to follow us, um, we are theveteransofcomedy.com, uh, willc.net, but then any on that, like Instagram and the social media stuff. If you go to Facebook, Instagram, what do you got? TikTok, all that stuff. You know, the, you have a TikTok? The, well, I personally do. We'll see. But then like, <laughs> but Instagram, the Veterans of Comedy, fo- follow us there. Uh, theveteransofcomedy.com is our website. Follow us, stay up with us. Uh, me personally, willc.net, you can find me. Um, and I'm Facebook, what all that stuff. Yeah, I, Facebook took over so much, it you did. know. Uh, one of the one of the greatest websites for me a long time ago was uh, Road Comics. Yeah, I absolutely loved Road Comics because it was just comedians giving each other. Oh, just busting. Yeah. Just yeah, Advice just giving and... yeah, giving each other the business. I'll call it. <laughs> and we had a lot of great friends in that group. Um, we were do, there. We do a lot. I mean, we really have known a lot of this. You know, our click has been strong. Yeah. So, uh, original original intent was I was going to bring you in, I was going to have you basically uh, co-host, but what, instead what we got was, was I believe, a really good interview, and we got to learn a lot about Will C, and everybody out there now knows where uh, you can uh, find out where he's going to be performing, and you've been educated a little bit on the veterans of comedy, but... Uh, Come take a cruise with me. Yes. Oh, and there's always the cruise ship thing, so uh, I think Carnival right now is killing it with their cruise ships, uh, and we, I'm, we a, I'm a Norwegian guy. Uh, uh, I like I like Norwegian setup. I really like the way they do business. But uh, just in case anybody forgot on uh, how to contact the show, yeah, just listen. Shut up and listen. <laughs> it's your T Bone and Chick Brew Hotline. You used to call me on my 904 385 3977. You used to, you used to. Yeah, if you had any questions for the T-Bone and Chick for Show, or you had any input or anything you want to say, just leave us a message there on the hotline, and we'll get that into the show. Uh, the normal bits we were going to work through, but I think we could skip through those. We would do the birthdays, and we would talk about food. Wow, we did. We had some good food today. We hold on. If we're going to do this, let's let's, uh, let's do this. It's time to talk about cooking. And tonight, brew one thing. You know, f- all. Now, my 
my normal co-host is a uh, certified chef. She's a cooker, and I am an experimenter, and we talk about food on a regular basis. But uh, you're on the road, so you're not really doing a lot of cooking, and I have been ambulatory for the last month, so I'm not doing a lot of cooking. But we did do some eating. Do you want to talk about the place we went to for lunch today? I th- So... <sighs> Sushi Heaven. Sushi Heaven. I just want to give you guys a shout out. I, I here's the deal. When when Tuesday meet us there at eleven and we pulled in the parking lot and there was not nobody on Zero. Like, oh, nobody Empty. there. And we walk in, it was just us, and we walk in and the first thing you hear is just the the and I'm like just chopping away. And I'm like, we're the only ones here, and these guys are chopping. Like, did they see us pull up in the parking lot? Like, did they I think they knew. They said they these guys are eaters. We need to get started. We're walking across the parking lot, probably looking like the usual suspects. Just like like we want no oh and and the lady the first thing she says is, Do you want a booth? And then she goes, or a table. And she I'm said, like, big table. Big ta-. And she goes, and so I said, well, I said, well, I said, we, we, probably a table. And she's like, big table. And I'm like, are there any others? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she sits at like a table for eight for four of us. And then she's like, you, you, you ready to order? And we're like, uh, yeah. And so I don't even think Tony, t- um, okay. or Ty were like prepared for what I, cause I'm like, I just started on the left side. I'm like, uh, and I'll take this. as a Did you me. get everything on the menu? You yeah. destroyed. Uh, I got my money's worth. Let me let me give you the applause. You destroyed them. So I got a technique into what I do, but I'm like, I wanted the soup. I wanted the salad. I wanted some edamame. That's how I get started. But I also like, if people that don't know, like I've done competitive eating. I've also, we pitched my show, the Buffet um, Boys. We, I mean, we were almost a network with that thing. I'm an expert in buffets and all you can eat. I know how to do it. I know, especially when you go into a place like this, how you're expanding your stomach with the rice, the things you want to do to be able to put more food in your body, the liquid to the rice, the liquid to the rice expands, expands, gives you more room to put things in. I know this. And so that's I just, not how that works. It's how it works for me. Though. <laughs> so um, I'm like, so I'm, I'm ready to go. So I, I mean, I just started down. I'm like, and then we went to the hibachi. I'm like, I, I was fine. I was not going to do it, but I'm watching you guys eat this. And I'm like, oh my man, that looks amazing. But you know, man, we, we were going back. Like, it's like hibachi. Here's September. We we were all over Japan. I felt I felt like we really. I felt like a tourist. I'm like, you know, I, I want to see all of Japan. Uh, with, with the exception of a couple of Caucasians, it looked like everybody in there was from Japan. The, I, and that's when I when you go into like, I want to see that ethnicity eating that there. And I noticed that they had, and I mean, everything, all their shows back there, they were like, that was fine. Did you? Do, I don't know if you watched them, but each guy had like a station, and they were, you know, boom, boom, and and running down the line. Those guys were knocking those rolls out pretty quick. Oh yeah, it was I, great. I was, and then you had the guy over on the on the on the, the flat. What, what they call it, whatever, and he was doing the temper or, or the teppanyaki. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was amazing. And so, and we never had to look for drink. I mean, they were on it. Yeah, I mean, they it, did. It was, they did a great job. But I, man, I did put. And, it, and it was very tasty. All, all, everything I had, and I had a lot. Uh, all of it was delicious. It's funny, like we kept on. It was funny. She come on. We go. We're done. We're good. And then, and then Covell would be like, "But I, I'd like to." Try. And so then somebody would order that, something. That would be round four. So then, ding, every, ding. but then everybody would order. And then she's like, "We're done." She's like, "But you, like, you want dessert?" And we're like, "Oh man, of course." Bring on the ice cream. <laughs> and then it's like, I mean, we just kept on circling. But I'm like, it was amazing. Like, you guys definitely. Two chopsticks yeah. from this guy. You Two know? chopsticks, nice. So, 
I was impressed. Yeah, so, so that that, uh, that look at that. We actually we were able to get a segment in that was talking about uh, sushi heaven. That was a little place here in the middle of uh, Pennsylvania. It was quite delicious. We enjoyed it a little bit. We do these other segments about the the news and birthdays, and we're not going to do that. If today. you have one of those happy, if you have a birthday, then yeah, 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 have, have, a happy have a birthday, happy birthday. Uh, and the thing I need to talk about, I'll talk about that in the next episode. And uh, we're just going to wrap this up. This was a good time, Will. I really appreciate you Thanks coming in. Me. Thank you for listening to T Bone and. Chick fruit. If you enjoyed that show, you should check out the Darrell McLean show, independent media that won't reinforce tribalism. We have one planet and nobody's leaving, so let's reason together. You can find the Darrell McLean show at the same place you actually listen to this show. Give it a shot.